0: First, I just wanna. I have a video for our kids again. It's gonna be on what we talked about. we were talking about today. It's gonna be in Acts chapter 10. It's a three-minute video for our little ones. You guys want to tune in? Oh, it's not there. I said video, and it disappeared. Is, is it gonna come? He's saying it's coming. He gave me the the finger points. Holy Spirit.
1: These are the apostles. They followed Jesus during his time on earth. Before Jesus went to heaven, he told them to stay in Jerusalem until God sent the gift he promised. See ya! So after Jesus went to heaven, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem along with the other people who believed in Jesus. One day, they were all gathered together when there was a sound from heaven like a mighty windstorm. Then what looked like flames appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in other languages, and so they started speaking. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, they came running to see what it was, when they saw the believers speaking in their own languages, they were shocked and amazed. Hey, you hear this? They wondered, how can this be? These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages about the wonderful things God has done. What can this mean?
0: Eh, nah, whatever.
1: But others in the crowd didn't believe that it was really a miracle, and thought the believers were just acting oddly. Nah. Then Peter stepped forward and shouted to the crowd. Hey, all you! Listen carefully, all you! He told them that they were not acting strangely, but that this was from God. He reminded them that God said this would happen long ago. Then Peter told them about how Jesus was crucified, but then raised to life again, just as God had said he would be. He told them that Jesus was now in heaven and that God had given the Holy Spirit to them as he had promised. Peter's words changed what the people thought and felt and they asked, brothers, what should we do? Peter told them, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wow! Peter continued to preach to the crowd for a long time, and those who believed what Peter said were baptized. 3,000 people were baptized and added to the church that day. Then all the believers listened to the apostles' teaching and practiced what they taught. Hey! They met together in fellowship, shared meals, and prayed together. They were amazed as the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Here you go. Take this. Oh, thank you. They helped those in need. Here, this is for you. Thank you. Worshiped together at the temple every day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy all while praising God and enjoying each other. And each day, God added to their fellowship those who were being saved.
0: hope you kids liked it. One of the characters, his name is Peter. We're going to talk about Peter at the end of, of this message here and what he did, what happened in Acts chapter 10. Um, first, I want to ask, what are some ways we talk about the Holy Spirit? We, and we, uh, sometimes as we talk about the Holy Spirit, it can make it a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, well, Holy Spirit, this seems different. This seems weird. But the reality is the Holy Spirit's within us. He lives inside of us. And there's ways he speaks to us. There's ways that he reveals himself to us. What are some of those ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to you? This is, this is where we can answer. Like, uh, let me open up. I'd like to hear how the Holy Spirit, you know how the Holy Spirit speaks. Tell me, how does the Holy Spirit speak? <laughs> Joshua. Speaks through people, people that we are, know who we trust, people that we know who walk by faith. Um, you know, as we talk with them, they, they have relationship in our lives, and you know what? They say something, and it just resonates in our hearts, in our minds, and that's the Spirit speaking to us, because the Spirit it, inside of us, it, something happens. It just like awakens. It's like that resonates with me. Exactly. The Holy Spirit does a huge thing. He brings to remembrance. He brings to remembrance things that, you know, that we have heard. Maybe a hymn or a song or scripture that we've heard. And so when we're going through something, when we're walking through life, He, does, he awakens something within us. Maybe it's a song that just simply resonates with you. In in something that you're going through, like I just, this song just keeps resonating in my heart and my mind. It keeps speaking to me. And you, maybe a scripture comes to your mind, to your heart at the same time, because you know what, you've read it, but now it becomes, it's become more alive because, you know, the Holy Spirit's doing something within you in that moment. He's working on you. He's, he's revealing something to you. He's carrying you through. He's comforting you. Yeah. Exactly. A huge thing is Scripture. <laughs> scripture is a, a huge way. Some people say, like, I haven't heard Him speak to me. I haven't heard God say anything. Like, it just feels so dull. It feels so dry. And some, I just ask a simple question Well, like, like, have you opened your Bible? Like, have you gone, or have you read through the Gospels? Or have you read through something through your journal, going back to maybe what you've written before the last. Three or four months in the revelations that you've written in that moment, and it's just awakening the Holy Spirit inside of you, just resonating in your heart. Yes, that line. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah there's this this voice this small voice this uh, he just you know sometimes it just like you think a thought comes to your mind you don't think anything of it then a little bit later like oh my goodness i just thought this and i like i should have done something about this sometimes we think it's like i should have made a left turn and you know but i didn't the left turn now the way i'm going there's like a car accident or whatnot i usually tell this story of like i would walk to deliver newspapers, and I grew up in a pretty sketchy neighborhood, and so where drugs and gunshots were a thing of my childhood. And so I remember delivering papers one Saturday morning, and I would always walk down this alley. It was part of my trail. It's like muscle memory. But you know, this one morning, I was like, I just felt like I may, like walk the main street. Just as simple as that. Just this little voice that came into my head. Just you know, go walk in. You know, not the alley, but walk on the main street. So I walked the main street, go home throw the paper onto the stoop, and then get home. And my, my dad would wake up Saturday morning. He'd watch the news that, right away. And so that morning, I'm watching the news with my dad after delivering newspapers. And the house that I would deliver to, the someone had been shot, like, in the back alley there. And they're laying dead on their step. And so here, if I, who knows what I would have walked past if I would have walked past that alley. Like, obviously, a dead body. Maybe the people who had done it. I don't know. But listen to that still small voice, as simple as just walk the alley, and or just walk the street, and just walk the street. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He he wants to reveal to us. He wants to work in our hearts and our minds. He wants to carry us through this life. And so, as we talk about the Holy Spirit today, I pray that we just have open ears and hearts to what you know what we're going to learn today. If you as we've gone through the cities series series hidden. Our trajectory has been, like, slowing down, practicing the Sabbath, you know, it's uh, drawing close to Jesus, and as we do these things, we leave it, our hearts and our minds, open for the Spirit to lead us, because we've been promised help, helper, we've been promised the Holy Spirit. And as we read through the New Testament, we see many instances where the Holy Spirit leads. Individuals are directed not because of, maybe, their deep biblical understanding but because of the direction of the Holy Spirit, through their understanding of Bible. I saw this quote once from a theologian, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. It said, I spend half my time telling Christians to study doctrine, and the other half telling them that doctrine is not enough. are like, what does this say? What does this mean? Like, we're supposed to read our Bibles, pray every day. This is the song that we've been growing up to. Read your Bibles, pray every day, and we'll grow, grow, grow. You ever heard that song? No? Yes. Okay. We, we're there. My parents told me to read the Bible, and all the answers are in there. And they are. You know, we are supposed to read the Bible to know more about who God is and to read and understand about Jesus and then read and understand about what we're supposed to do as the church today. But I would look at my mom and be like, Mom, the Bible, it's not telling me, like, who I should marry. Like, it's not telling me by name who I need to be marrying. It's, it's on the footnotes or the endnotes. It tells me, like, the Lord will supply my needs. I need a wife. It tells me not to yoke myself to an unbeliever. She needs to be Christian. But mom, it doesn't say her name, doesn't say what she'll look like, doesn't say if she's American, doesn't say any of these things, mom. But what the Bible does is it gives me an understanding for how the Spirit is going to lead. The Bible gives me the boundaries, but the Spirit gives me the direction as I lead, or as He leads. This is why I know I, 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 will, I desire a wife, in Scripture. I also, you know what, I know she's supposed to love God, too. It's in Scripture. That sets the boundaries. But I listen to the Holy Spirit lead me and direct me in life, and it, does, and it directs me to, to my wife, to Kim. And this concept was even told by Jesus. Jesus tells the disciples in the Great Commission, he, like, he tells them the Great Commission, he gives them the details, you know, go out into the world baptizing unbelievers But in Luke, Jesus tells him, like, wait a minute, though. He tells him the Great Commission, but he says, also, wait a minute. I'm going to send you a promise. I'm going to send someone to help. Luke 24, 49 says this. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So he's like, don't do anything until I send you the Holy Spirit. He will lead you. Just wait. He will lead you. There's a task that was given to them, the Great Commission, but the was going to lead them to accomplish the Great Commission. So there was the Word of God, Jesus, He spoke it out. He said, Here's the Great Commission. Here's what you're supposed to do. Here's what I'm calling you to do. But there, the Spirit leads them to do what Jesus has called them to do. The Word, boundaries, the Spirit leading on how to actually accomplish the Great Commission. How to actually do what God, what Jesus has told them to do. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to them. When the Spirit fell on them, they knew how to go out and to share the gospel. All of a sudden, they knew how to do it, to go out and share it. The power, direction, and the voice of the Holy Spirit led them to perform miracles. It wasn't their skills, their abilities. It wasn't because they had a deep knowledge of the the Great Commission that caused them to be able to go out and to lead people to Jesus. It was because the Spirit leading inside of them that caused them to do these great things. So if we want to see the power of God in our cities, if we want to see that in our lives and in our homes, we need to be taught to listen to the Holy Spirit, to let the Holy Spirit lead us and direct us, to closely follow his guidance the way the apostles did, not simply to think of a bunch of good ideas that we can do, but to hear his voice for those specific God ideas, for our home, for our church, for our communities, to be very we know we're supposed to go out and do good things, and we have the parameters. It's been set out in the Bible, but we need to listen to His voice to know what specifically He's calling us to do in, our, in, this, in this community, in this time. Now, when we start to talk about this, when we start to talk about Acts, sometimes we're like, well, you know, we can't use Acts as a pattern for our time. Things are so much different now. I, I find that hard to believe. And I understand that Acts represents a unique time in the apostolic history, an amazing time in apostolic, what was happening in that time. But you can't convince me that the only book God gave us as an example for how the church operates is filled with experiences that literally have nothing in common with our own. I feel like we're going through much hard times here, and we actually need to, to draw close to the book of Acts to realize that, you know what, the Spirit is going to move in this time just as it moved in that time. The Holy Spirit appears 59 times in the book of Acts. In 36 of those appearance, appearances, He is speaking. So in 36 of those appearances, He is speaking the Holy Spirit. So we cannot be convinced that the main attribute of the Holy Spirit has stopped. This is one of the main attributes of the Spirit. Speaking, leading, or speaking to us. Can't be convinced that it's stopped. God wants to speak to his children. I would be the world's worst parent if I just didn't speak to my kids anymore. But just like, you know what? It's been real. It's been fun. I created you. You are here. Um, uh, If you need something, send me a note. Um, You know what? I will answer it when I have time. No, my kids need to hear my voice. They need me to direct them. They need me to be ever-present in their life. John Newton said, Is it really true that which the early church so depended on, the leadership of the Spirit is irrelevant to us today, and we can't believe that it's not. can't believe that it isn't, that the same Spirit enacts the same Spirit today. We want to live our Christian life like it's not a wave pool, and you're like, what do you mean like it's not a wave pool? Wave pools are fun. I love being in the wave pool. The thing about wave pools is this, is that they're predictable. Every 30 seconds, a wave's coming, and so we think it's fun when everybody's in there, they're having a blast. Christian walks great. You know, here comes another way. Woo, everybody's excited. But it's safe, it's predictable. When I read scriptures, when I look at Acts, when I look at what's happened after Jesus has come, there was so much that was unpredictable. It was not this man made wave. The ocean is beautiful, it's wonderful, it's majestic, it draws us in. The waves are unpredictable. Our life with Jesus should be like a life in the ocean with Him, trusting in Him. Back to this are my main point. My main point is this. To understand Scripture, we need the Holy Spirit. Let's remember that the leading Bible scholars of Jesus' day, they had the Old Testament. They had it, they had memorized it, they were well versed in it, they knew it, but they failed to recognize even when the Messiah came. He came, they didn't recognize him. They had everything we had read. They even had the prophecies about the coming Messiah. They would have heard of the promises, they would have They were too stuck though, too stuck in following the rules, too stuck and just, you know what, this is what it said, this is in the rules, I'm going to add some rules onto this to make it even better. But when Jesus was born and he was in the manger, there was no biblical theologian there present with them. The only ones that had shown up was the ones that had direct revelation from God, direct revelation from the Spirit, Mary, an angel. Joseph, a dream, shepherds, an angel, magi, a star. You imagine today if somebody came because they saw a star, we would be like, well, what kind? We need to pray for you. There's something that is over you that we need to cast out. But if they came because they saw a star, the magi. Simon and Anna, the Holy Spirit itself, the people who were present were the people who had direct revelation from God, not those who studied the scripture the best but who were listening to the Spirit. Not only that, but they didn't recognize Jesus when he even walked among them for ministering for three years. Jesus walked with them. he was there, he was performing miracles. He was quoting scripture. He was fulfilling it as he walked out. In John five thirty-nine to 40, it says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them, you have eternal life. But these are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you can refuse to come to me to have life. See, the disciples, they had heard Jesus talk. They were up close for him for three years. Three years of miracles. Three years of messages and interaction. Jesus talked about his impending death. And Luke says they didn't understand what he meant. They just couldn't grasp it. They couldn't get it. And when Peter declares that Jesus is the son of the living God, Jesus responds by saying, You are blessed, Peter, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. It wasn't like Jesus, or Peter, all of a sudden, he got it. It was the Spirit that revealed it to Peter. And Peter then, he spoke it out. The disciples, they heard the Great Commission. But they couldn't grasp it. They couldn't complete it. They couldn't do it until the Holy Spirit came. See, the Holy Spirit does this. It turns religion into relationship. It transforms these these things that we have to try to accomplish in the Bible into a real relationship with him. This gives us guidance on how we're supposed to live, but Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they guide us on how we are supposed to carry those out in our world today. His voice changes our thinking. You can think of many times where you felt it, where you've heard it, and all of a sudden it changed you and something happened in your life. and It's because the Spirit revealed it to you. See the Old Testament as we read it, right? It feels religious. It feels like rules and laws. Don't do this. Don't eat that. Then Jesus comes, and we see him performing in miracles, bringing hope. We see him doing crazy practices that they were like, "This is forbidden." Like being with lepers, hanging out with tax collector collectors, saying, "Help the widows," playing with kids. He was everything the scripture talked about. He began to illuminate what was happening in the scripture. This real being is here and we have relationship with him. He knows the scripture. He knows the truth. Now the Holy Spirit that lives in us wants to talk with us. He wants to reveal to us scripture. He wants to reveal to us truth. Now let's look at our character, Peter. And this is what we're going to start closing with. And we're going to partake in communion here in a little bit. You might see your little communion packs on the table. Um, I say open care when it becomes time because we don't want any spills, but we have backups just in case. Peter. Peter, he was a bigot. He was considered, he considered all other races besides his own to be unclean. He's like, everybody else, unclean. Jews, we rock. Even though Peter was a fisherman before he was called by Jesus, as a fisherman, he would have not been able to, you know, be elected to go and to be a rabbi, uh, like follow a rabbi, but he would have known the five, the first five books, the Pentateuch. That's what he was called to study. Everybody was called to study. Peter, he would have heard Genesis 12, to 3, and it says this, where God tells Abraham that he will make him into a great nation and bless you, that he will make his name great and be a blessing, and that pe- all people, that all people, all, like everyone on earth will be blessed. It means Gentiles. See, but religion, it got in the way. And it made it seem that Gentiles weren't part of this plan. That Gentiles, they're not, you know, they're not part of God's plan. That God wasn't coming for them. That there is one tribe that is better than the other tribe, and it's Peter's tribe. And Peter was taught this, and it was socially acceptable to, you know what, to believe this in his culture. This is what we could believe. This is what it's, what I'm being grown up taught. This is what I'm supposed to believe. And the scripture is there. He would have read it. And, doesn't, and like, He doesn't get it. He doesn't know it. He doesn't, he doesn't grasp it. Even after he walked with Jesus, he still just doesn't grasp it. Three years walking with Jesus, three years seeing Jesus do miracles, three years of Jesus being with people that nobody else would want to be with, and Peter still doesn't get it. It takes the Holy Spirit to speak to Peter to open his eyes to the scripture. God comes to him in a vision. See, Acts, this is why it's so good. This is why it's one of my favorite books. Acts, when we read Acts, it shouldn't cause us to conspire. It should actually cause us to be inspired. We shouldn't read that and be like, oh, that shouldn't, that that won't happen today. We should read and be like, this inspires me to see the Spirit move like this today in our world and in my life. It shouldn't limit us and be like, oh, that's not, that's not for us today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 10. We're going to read 9 to 16, verses 9 to 16. If you don't, they'll be up here. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happens three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Right before this, Cornelius is another character in this story. Cornelius, he's a Gentile, he's a respected soldier, he helps those, he prays to God. He had this vision of an angel. And he, this angel, you know it said, go get Peter. He is at Simon the Tanner's house. Very specific. And so Cornelius sends men to Joppa to go get Peter. After this vision that Peter had, these men, they show up. And the spirit says to Peter, hey, you can go with these guys. Go with these guys. It's okay. But this vision that Peter had, this vision of this sheet coming down with all this wonderful food is revealing what scripture says and what Jesus had said. That Gentiles are not unclean. Gentiles are not unclean, Peter. This vision of all this food that Peter thought was unclean, God's like, no, I'm saying it's clean. And this spoke to Peter, recognizing, you know what, Gentiles, they they are not unclean. God, Jesus, he came for them too. And so Peter he goes with the men and says this in Acts 10:28. You are all aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him, but God has shown me that I should not call man impure or clean. And this confession it continues in Acts 10:34 to 35. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize, I now realize this is a huge statement. How true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation, all people, going back to Genesis, all people, Peter's saying every nation, he accepts every nation, the one who fears him and what, him and does what is right. What happened is that Peter then begins to preach this message of Jesus to everyone and then they become saved. Jewish believers, they were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit was even being poured out upon Gentiles. What had taken place was the first Gentile converts that had come to faith. And it is simply because Peter was listening to the Spirit. A vision came. He heard it. He felt it in his heart. And it changed. Religion had become relationship to Peter. He listened to the Spirit, and it moved. And it moved. So what caused Peter to hear God? What caused Peter to hear God? What can we do to help hear the voice of God clear in our hearts? One thing. Scripture. Peter knew Scripture. He needed the Spirit to speak to him and reveal those places in his heart where they needed to be fixed. So then knowledge of the Bible then acts as a filter through which the events of our daily lives must pass before we can discern if God is truly speaking in these events. So we need to read our Bible because it helps become a filter on how we hear the Lord speak. We need to have the Scripture. Now I say this, I tell this story, there's this example, I wanted to date a girl, she was not a Christian, but I was trying to convince my mom that she was a Christian. And so I went on a date with her, and then we, I got home that night, my mom was like, you know you shouldn't be doing this, I'm like, you know what? She's." She's pretty much Christian. You know, you say pretty much to make it feel better, to make it sound better. But I know it's not. You know, I just want to get my mom off my back a little bit. So I go and I lay down. You know, I know the scripture. I know it says, you know, obey your parents. You know what? Listen to them for they have a wise counsel. You know what? I grew up knowing that. But at that moment, it didn't matter to me. So I go to bed and I wake up and I look at my clock and it says, this time, 15.04, and I'm like, that's weird, because, you know, at my clock, it's not in, like, military time. It goes to 12, and then it goes back, you know, to 1 after. And then I hear this, this voice just say Matthew, and I'm just like, oh, Matthew 15.4. So I'm like, okay, and so usually I just, you know, as a teenager, you're tired, you just go back to sleep, but I felt like I should read it. Turn to Matthew 15.4, and this is what it says, honor your mother and father close my Bible. I know what I need to do now. I know the Scripture. I knew it before, but the Holy Spirit needed to reveal it to me to make it true. And you know what? From that point on, I realized, you know what? I need to listen to my mom and dad. You know, they are of wise counsel. They are—have good things in store for me. Like, they want to see the best for me. So who knows what the path I would have led if I didn't listen to the Spirit. Another thing we can do is have humility. Peter, we, see, we know Peter is this, he was a proud, he was a proud man, proud in himself. He was always ready, full speed of head. We know that Peter was ready to run through walls. When the disciples were told, you know what, that Jesus would be betrayed by them, Peter stood up and he was like, listen, they might betray you, but me, Jesus, Peter, I will not betray you. Like, I, I, that seems unfathomable that I would betray you, Jesus. I love you so, so much. Like, you think about it. He stood up, and he said, you know what? I, I, like, I'm not going to betray you. He's saying this. Just as been told that they all betrayed him, he's like, listen, God, Jesus, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. It's not going to happen. Very confident in himself. Very confident that, you know, he would not do that. But Jesus is like, actually, you know what, Peter? You are. You're not going to betray me just once. You're going to do it three times. And so, and then Peter's like, this, no, this can't be true. It goes about Peter betrays Jesus three times. The rooster crows. Peter's crashed. A strong, confident man thinking I would never do that. He did it. He was humbled. And then you know what? Jesus comes back. He's raised again. He has this moment with Peter, and he gives Peter this opportunity to redeem himself. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, yes, you know. Just think how humbling that would have been. Three times he asked them. Peter knows what would have happened when he denied him three times. Think about the humility that took place in that moment. Peter was humbled. He had humility in his life. He was ready to hear the Lord speak. After that. Another thing is comfort. And I don't mean comfort as in you need to be like comfortable in your chair. You know what? Oh, I've got my chair. I've got my drink. I've got my lamp on. This is the time when Jesus speaks. This is how it happens. You know what? Just give me a moment. I'm actually talking about are you too comfortable? Are you too comfortable? Peter was in a place of discomfort. We think we need to be comfortable for the Spirit to move, for the Spirit to hear us. But we look in Acts, and we see the Spirit move in miraculous ways in tough times. I was hearing the story of somebody talking about how they came back after, you know, being in the area where the Taliban was and being a, a missionary there, and how they wished to go back because they said they never heard the voice of God more clearly than they were in such an uncomfortable situation. We think comfortability helps us hear better, but being uncomfortable causes the comforter to come so that he can then, so we can now lean on him so we can trust in him so his voice can speak to us. So we're going through times right now and we might feel really uncomfortable. Being this far apart might feel uncomfortable. Wearing masks might feel uncomfortable. Putting hand sanitizer on might feel uncomfortable, but this is now the best time for the spirit of God to move and to speak into our lives. In the uncomfortableness. We should be hearing him and his voice so vividly in our life in this uncomfortable time. So if we're uncomfortable, good. Spirit's going to move. Can we get an amen? amen? Volume. Now I'm not talking about volume as in like, you know, we need more things. I'm talking about turning down the volume in our lives. Turning it down. Peter, he was in a moment where he was walking up to the roof, having quiet time, he turned down everything. He doesn't have email. We have emails, voicemails. We have, in, we have apps that pop up when something happens in our, like in our lives. Jesus didn't have these things to distract him. But you know what? He had people that were with him for three years beside him. He had had a following. He had people that wanted to be around him. And what he did was the practice of going away to be with his father, turning down the volume in his life. Peter, he would have recognized this, and he would have turned down the volume in his life too. Going up, having quiet time. At this moment, we're going to enter into communion. These are the ways that we can do to hear the Spirit more clear. Read our scripture. You know what? Recognize that, you know what? we need to be humble. Humble ourselves before him. That if we're feeling uncomfortable, that's okay. The comforter's there. That we need to turn down the volume in our lives. We need to have time with him.